welcome back to the Women's Cycling Weekly podcast. It's been a while. Um, I'm not on my own today, but I'm also not with Tilda. Um, I'm actually joined by Rachel Jowry from Rouleur, who you will have heard before if you listen to the Women's Cycling Weekly podcast 1.0, shall we say. Hey, Rachel, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. Can never replace Tilda, of course, but do my best. Yeah, so we are here today to talk about the Tour de France fam, basically, because it's this week. Can you believe it's this week? I just said that and then I was like, it's oh, come yeah, around it's this so quickly. week. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd reignite the podcast. I think I've taught myself how to edit audio. If you're listening to this, that means I have. So yes, <laughs> if not, then this is all a big waste of time. And I'm sorry, Rachel, but hopefully not. <laughs> Fine. But yeah, we're just going to talk about because we're both we're both going to the tour, and we both we both went last year, and we both know a thing or two about it. So uh, we thought we'd record our thoughts, have a little look at the course. We're not going to go stage by stage because can you be bothered to do that? I can't. I think no, we'll we'll leave that there. to the written Give it a Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we're just going to talk about what we're looking forward to. What the most important days are etc etc so where shall we start we kind of know what to expect now right because of last year or do we because it is kind of different because the women have got a totally separate start to the men's this time we were up in Paris last year which don't know about you but I hated that yeah I'm looking forward to it not being in Paris as well to be honest I think like it was good for the first time that it was in Paris, but I hope now we can kind of move on from always talking about like how momentous it is and like what a big deal it is for history of women cycling and everything. And we can actually just talk about the racing like it's a race, which it is. I think Paris made it quite like really lent into that, like, wow, this is so historic, but kind of maybe distracted slightly from like actually like, analysing the racing and giving it the proper treatment in that way. Yeah, it's so true. I was actually thinking that earlier because I was watching, I don't know if you saw that um, Canyon came out with a video about last year's race, which is a really cool video. But a lot of it is this kind of like, it's got women who raced in the 80s. It's got all this stuff around, like it's the first Tour de France firm. And I was thinking like, it was so cool last year for that to be part of the narrative, like it had to be. But it will be nice for it to just be like, a normal race like the women gonna get their own separate kind of it's not just about because I think a lot of women's cycling can be like this actually where it's like more about like this is such a big deal for women or like it's isn't this good for a women's race kind of thing instead of just like this is racing let's just look at the actual racing that's happening rather than talk around it yeah exactly and I do think that the course and having the opening stage being like punchy and hilly will really lend itself to good racing like if anyone is sitting watching the men put around Paris when that's going on like what are you doing do you know what I mean like that's going to be such a good start um and it will definitely encourage like aggressive racing from the get-go I think um maybe even like GC racing from the first stage I don't know yeah yeah, it's going to be interesting. Actually, just to go back a bit, I didn't, I've actually not, this is the first time I've realised fully that the final stage of the men's race and the first stage of the women's race are on the same time. Are they on at the exact same time? 
or surely one finishes before the other. I think the women's race finishes before the men's, no? Like it did last year. I hope so. I don't know. You'd think so because they're going to need to record like the breakaway and stuff on GCN with the same crew, like I imagine. So they would Producer need to Rachel, be on yeah. lines. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the logistics here. <laughs> um, yeah, I imagine. I mean, this isn't. This is no Giro Donna here. Like, I reckon they've planned this properly. Like, they'll be like, surely it'll be like last year. Anyway, sorry, that was a an aside. But yeah, the first stage is interesting because obviously last year it was like a nailed on sprint stage, as it always is on the Champs Elysees, mm. and no surprises that Lorena Weavers was the first wearer of the yellow jersey remember the baby how could we forget the baby <laughs> the random baby on stage with her that was yeah that was a story that literally was a story a story that I wrote which was probably my the, <laughs> the best story I wrote the whole race was just one called that's not Lorena Weaver's baby anyway um <laughs> no more of that please let's see it and uh yeah it's, it's interesting because there's not really any like pure sprint days this race like it is all just like a lot of people I've spoken to just been like it's just a hard race from start to finish yeah Yeah, and I think like we've seen Lorena especially her climbing's improved a lot this year and she's like kind of said she wants to become more of an all-rounder um and I wonder if that's with this course in mind like I would think that she could probably get around quite a few of the hills that are on the like flattish stages. Whereas like, I'd be more worried for someone like Charlotte Cool or a more pure sprinter on those sort of stages. If I was her, I would be wondering where my opportunities are. Whereas for Lorena, I think she will manage to get over those climbs. She's not, she's improved her climbing a lot. And it, I think this will favor like more of the all rounder types, but that's the issue with SD works, isn't it? Like, it will favour, it could favour Lorena. It could also favour Kapeki, Vollering, Rusa. But anyway, more on that later. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of people who can win stages. Yeah, it's an interesting one in terms of, maybe that's why, because looking at the start list, like some teams do have kind of a bit of a muddled lineup. And mm. it might be because there isn't, there isn't really like clear... It is just an all-rounders race a little bit. And then you've got the GC race on the Tourmalet. So, but interesting what you said about Charlotte Cool because while she is obviously like maybe as, mm, is she as fast as Lorena Weavers? I don't know. She's nearly as fast as Lorena Weavers. She kind of doesn't climb as well as her, but I don't know, like, I was talking about this like way back at UAE tour and the whole kind of like pure sprinter, pure climber, like kind of specialization in the women's peloton thing. And I do think that like having the kind of biggest race on the calendar not favor the, it favors the pure climbers with the tourmalade, but there's no like sprint, proper sprint days is a little bit like it forces this generalization from riders like Weber's. And I actually don't like that. Like, we all, everyone knows that I like have a weird thing about sprinting that I really, I don't know, I just really like seeing it in the women's peloton because I don't know, I just think it shows a kind of the the aggression of it and like the kind of power in it is just really cool to watch. I, we were excited about um, the cool and weavers head to heads, but we might not even get them. No, like it's quite possible 
that she won't really get a chance to go for a stage because if you're team DSM you're looking at like Pfeiffer Georgie or someone like that who would probably is a better classics rider and a better all-rounder who might even have a better chance than Cool at winning a stage so and team DSM probably aren't strong enough on their own to keep it together for Cool either like they can't they're not going to be able to mark every attack especially if a team like SD Works is trying to get time for GC on those stages and like looking for opportunities to get time ahead of the tourmalet it's going to be tough for Charlotte Cool. I don't know there's also riders like um Emma Norsgaard and, and people like that who are like you were talking about the kind of more all-rounders who will prefer it if like Cool is is dropped and there'll be teams that have a vested interest in making it harder to try and get rid of fast sprinters like her so that's going to be tricky for her to manage I think which is a shame I agree like it would be really nice to have like a couple of like full-on sprint stages for those two to go head to head because it was so cool at the UAE tour when we finally saw for the first time like someone challenging Weebus but she's Weebus is so good that if she comes to the line in a group like she's always going to win and I don't th- I think she's climbing well enough to be able to like keep up even if it's pretty on some of the like pretty savage stages so yeah SD works dominance incoming I fear yeah they hear first although no one's probably that surprised by it but yeah we biz <laughs> we saw it in the Giro I can't remember which stage it was but when Anamique won solo classic and then Weebers sort of launched herself up this short, steep climb to take second. And yeah, that's the sort of effort that you can't really see Cool doing. I think Cool needs an e- like, like she needs an easier stage. She needs it to like to be quite fresh at the finish to be able to put up a challenge to Weebus. And I don't think there's anything in this race that really offers that, especially because of the fact it's the tour and everyone wants the stage win so badly people are going to be looking for like every opportunity to attack. And if there's little climbs that are springboards for that, people are going to use them, Um, which I think, yeah, won't play into the favour of DSM, which is why like if they probably will have a plan B with someone like Georgie to go with those moves, because I don't think they can necessarily rely on, on cool to be able to go with it. No, no, she needs a race like um, Balwas Belgium tour, which she was just at. Where she's just like, yeah, everyone just rolls around until she just like sweeps up the win. Although, actually, speaking of that, she dropped out of the race with illness. So don't know how, I don't know if we've heard any updates since then, but I assume she's going to make it to the tour still, but maybe not in great shape. So perhaps even less chance of her competing against Weebers, but hopefully not. Hopefully we do see her in full flight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think interesting as well, actually, speaking of Emma Norsgaard, because she was also at that race and she got quite close, um, at, one, at least once, um, mm. to cool. So it's that bodes well for her chances on a slightly tougher terrain against Weebers. Although, just as I was saying that, I was thinking, like, that's a whole different story <laughs> when it's Weebers. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, no one can beat her when you bring her to the line. So I find it hard to, like, look past Weebus, to be honest. Um, But there is, like, I mean, there is, you should, I guess we shouldn't count Cool out completely. Like, you never know. Maybe she will be climbing a bit better. There is also riders, like, who might have, like, a decent chance in the sprints, like um, 
Chiara Consoni was won the last stage of the Giro, didn't she? And she looks to be going really well. Um, I think Lotta Hentala, mm-hmm. is that her name now? Yeah, used to um, used to be Lapisto. She she's coming back to racing and she was sprinting pretty well. So there, I think it will still be like quite a tight battle. And like it's the tour last year definitely proved that anything can happen. Crashes, mechanicals, it's going to be chaotic. So it's not nailed on. I'd say for Weaver still. Um, but yeah, she's like a big favourite, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and we got also can't forget like Marina Voss, for example, in yeah, the inches. And of course. Ah, I was gonna say Chloe Dagger, but she's not going, is she? No, which is a weird decision, I think, from Canyon Tram, because it's also the time trial in the final stage, which you'd think she'd be so keen to like prove herself in. It's like her bread and butter, like a flat 22k time trial is perfect for her. So I was really surprised she was missed off the selection, especially because she was going really well at the Giro. Um, maybe she's targeting the world champs. I don't know if she's doing the track at the Worlds as well as the road. I don't know if she's got like ambitions in the team pursuit or something, um, which is maybe why it's too much for her to do the tour. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Their whole team is actually yeah quite a surprising one. Like They missed out some of their more experienced, riders like Tiff Cromwell and stuff to bring in younger names which which might pay dividends like maybe it is time for Canyon Shram to try something new after quite a few years of struggling to really get the top results um they've got Ricarda Bauernfreund or that was my German pronunciation um (laughs) she's like a really good young climber um Mikey van der Doyen as well for the sprints they've actually got quite a few girls who could put in a good ride and maybe they're just like trying to go with a different tactic than bringing like the old older more experienced riders I don't know yeah it's an interesting one I was quite surprised at obviously Daigat but also Royeka's not being there because she was going pretty well at the Giro Mm. too but maybe maybe her like that was her target and then the tour is kind of yeah they're leaving it up to a slightly different team I guess we can't forget that they did actually get third on the podium last year with Kashinu Adoma but she's been chasing a win now for how long is it a long time since 2019 I think yeah yeah so and I remember like I saw I think I saw her Instagram the other day when she was before the time trial at the Tour de Suisse and she put that she hadn't ridden a time trial for like two years and it's really like time trials are not really her thing. So it, I think it'll be quite a big ask for her to get on the podium again this year. Um, I also think, yeah, it was, it's a shame because I didn't, I thought that they might bring a few more other options for like GC or like, right, like people like Daigot who they thought could actually win just to take a little bit of the pressure off Cassia because for so many years she's kind of had to like carry the expectation of that team and it might have like helped her to not have that again this year but it still seems like they are quite all in for her as their only GC hope I guess or their only hope of like getting on the podium overall or whatever so yeah it'll be interesting to see how she goes they've also got Elise Shabby who's always attacking and could actually be really suited to those more punchy stages that we were talking about I think yeah yeah I wouldn't be surprised to see her try and go for a stage actually it's really her Mm. sort of like yeah, she was really aggressive. She, although I was about to say about Kasia, like she, she's probably she's been molded into like a GC rider, or or she's been sort of chasing GCs. But 
the way that she races doesn't really lend itself to that. Like she's really aggressive. Like sometimes she'll instigate a move and you're like, why are you doing that? If you're trying to conserve for the overall kind of thing, I think she can't help herself. And like that lends itself more to kind of chasing stage wins than GC, which I think if she was given, take had the pressure of the GC taken off it, she'd probably have what she would probably have won more. And at this race in particular, like she could definitely go for a stage, I would say. Yeah, she's it's she's so like different to when we were talking about DSM. We didn't mention um Juliette Labousse, who's obviously a big like GC contender. She was fourth last year and second at the Giro this year. Um, and she's like the opposite to Cassia in that she's like so consistent and she just like taps through the whole race and is like really like method methodic methodic is that the right word with her like approach to racing GC and she's kind of like just what you need from a GC rider like so level-headed and calm and never goes like into the red to like blow up the next day or like risks everything for an attack um and yeah Cassia's not like that I mean she's just like a pure racer isn't she she and maybe she'll go for stage wins I guess we don't even necessarily know what her aims are maybe she will like switch her focus for a stage win but in some ways like a top maybe like a top five in GC means less than a stage win would to her at this point because she like you say she hasn't had a win for so long yeah I think it should mean less to the team too you know like I think like if Canyon came away with a stage win like that's pretty good going for them versus yeah like you say if it was a top five because realistically that's probably what they'd manage with the squad like that like it's not who's going to remember that whereas if Cassia or whoever does win a stage, like their name gets out there more, like people are going to be more impressed with that. But yeah. Now, well, seeing as we're talking about teams and lineups and all of that, we need to talk about SD Works. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> but like, actually, what is going on? Because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like, I've. I don't know like they know what they're doing like obviously they're like the best team in the world I'm sure that there's thoughts behind why they've left riders like Neve Fisher Black Anna Shackley who are really good climbers at home um like I was thinking maybe they're trying to plan something earlier in the race they've brought riders um who will do really well on like those punchy stages maybe they want to get time on Van Vluten before the Tourmalet because if you look at like the results from this year it's only been in like the long mountains where she's been threatening Demi for the win um like Demi was better than her in like all the Ardennes classics and stuff and these stages kind of are like all like mini Ardennes classics I guess which will really suit Demi so maybe they're just trying to get some time earlier in the race and they've brought riders who they think can help her with that um it's also a thing of like yeah they don't have anyone who will be able to ride with her and Van Vluten up the Tourmalet but would need Fisher Black or Anna Shackley have been able to do that anyway maybe not so I kind of get it but um it, it, yeah there are it is a bit strange but I'm sure that they've got a plan yeah I'm sure they do have a plan they are SD works after all but it is it does look a bit like the, there's two for me it's like there's there's quite a few competing not ambitions obviously we don't know exactly what people's ambitions are but there's too many similar riders almost like Kopecky Kopecky and Weber's if they're not careful are gonna end up 
going after the same stages no yeah exactly but I mean I I had an interview with Kapeki like the other day and I said tried to like ask her what is the plan because and she was very much like oh we're all in for GC we're all in for Demi and I really want to be there to help her get the yellow jersey and that's their main focus but I was also like we all saw you at Strada Bianchi like come on (laughs) (laughs) um so I don't know yeah I I, it is a bit baffling um what they're gonna do yeah like you say you could I can literally see like Kapeki, Weebus and Vollering all going for the same stage on the same day and like who makes the decision then what they do because Kapeki, like from a reduced bunch sprint Kapeki's as fast as Weebus probably has yeah. as much of a chance so yeah I don't know yeah if you stick enough hills in there like they're pretty evenly matched at the end but mm. oh, when you when you just said that and I was like picturing more SD works like one twos and one two threes and I'm just like I pray the whole race doesn't go like that <laughs> I know I think out of the other teams like it's maybe like little track are the main ones who'll be able to challenge them uh like they've got longer Borghini Lizzie Dignan they're all they're they both really know how to win and that's kind of what it's going to be having to ride smart because you're not going to beat them on pure strength. So maybe they'll be able to put up a good fight if they like take their chances. They've got Balsamo as well, obviously, but it's like, she's probably not as, she's definitely not as quick as Weebus. So they have to drop Weebus and Balsamo would have to be able to keep up, which seems a bit unlikely. Um, Especially after. Lucinda Brand as well, it's going quite well. Yeah, she was going, well, she just won the, is it the Balois Belgium tour? Some some stage race in Belgium. Yeah. That Charlotte yeah, um, yeah. was was winning until she she left. So, and Lucinda Brand is like the ever reliable domestic. Like you can always, mm. you can always rely on her. But sorry, I just quit in, but Balsamo, like she's obviously had like quite a bit of time off the bike after her mm. crash at, at Ride London. So, like who knows what form she's going to be in? But in fact, have Trek actually announced their lineup? I was like, we don't actually know, do we? For sure. Um, or have you seen it? Somewhere? No, I I saw it on Pro Cycling stats. Like they've put four riders on there. I don't know. Right. Who, I don't know if that's like confirmed. Um, but I know like Lizzie Diamond's definitely doing it, and Elisa Longa Borghini's definitely doing it. I don't know if Gaia Raelini is doing it. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing I'd be maybe really not. surprised if she wasn't, only because for the tourmalay like that's got her name written all over mm. it and we've we've seen her all season be basically one of the few riders that are capable of competing with Annemiek van Vleuten on climbs like that obviously Demi as well but like she is able to stay with van Vleuten on a long climb in a way that we haven't seen anybody else apart from Demi be able to do in fact Demi wasn't really able to do it for most of last year so if she doesn't come mm. to the tour like I could, I'd see, I'd understand it from like a development perspective in the sense that she's so young and obviously you don't want to flog someone that's like 21 it's like too early and like burn them out but at the same time like she is kind of their best hope when it comes to that yeah she is it's just like you say how how would she kind of recover from the Giro and going into another really hard race but 
another person who we haven't talked about actually who's a bit of a dark horse who has beaten Van Vluten on a mountain is Ashley Moorman and mm. she's a bit of a contender who we haven't who like I feel like is going a bit under the radar but at the Tour de Romandie last year she was she beat Van Vluten and she was climbing really well I don't know she hasn't she hasn't raced for a while and I feel like she's really keeping quiet and but she's someone who could be a serious contender um, and maybe like it's maybe not going to be just the Demi versus Anamique show because Ashley could yeah be up there as well I think. No that's so true and I actually had completely forgotten about Romandy last year and was thinking yeah like you just remember last season is like Anamique just walked off with everything but she did actually beat her on on that was it the climb up to 2000 meters like the really big one yeah um yeah, yeah. and also this year because obviously at last year's tour she was on SD work still and was definitely mm-hmm. just there as like a bit of a workhorse for Demi and now she's on AG and she's a leader and she can go for her own GC campaign I think we'll see like a really different side to her racing and I think yeah she's without a doubt one of the best climbers in the world so yeah, that is a good shout. I've been I'm gonna really intrigued to see how she goes. Yeah, they also have um Justine Justine Geckery. Justine, you tell me. I don't know how I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> if if you, you don't know, I don't know. We I'd say all Flemish. You probably got better <laughs> you lived in Belgium. I have no yeah, idea. But I didn't learn anything other than like how they were calling you up to the till when you had to pay at the supermarket. <laughs> um but she's good and she's a good climber. So they're not, Ashley isn't like all alone either. Um, when it comes to like the mountains, she's got a decent team around her to support her as well. Very young, but still some good riders. I'd say she's one of the few GC contenders with the actual proper mountain domestique for it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because, I mean, yeah. Interesting. I guess, yeah, like Anamique has got, who's Anamique got? Where are we? She's got, I guess she's got Lippert and and Florchie Mackay as well. Yeah, that's true. But Um, even Lippert, like, that's another example of like when, if you look back to like the classics and the Ardennes races, we were all saying like Anamique should have worked for Lippert because Lippert was going quite a lot better than her then. And I just wonder how that dynamic is going to work because these punchy stages literally are perfect for Liana Lippert. Like she, they're like her bread and butter. So at what point does it become about her getting a stage win versus her like looking after Van Vluten? Like if Van Vluten's having a bad day, does Lippert drop back to help her or sacrifice her chances in those stages? Um, It's another like interesting kind of weird dynamic where you've got a team with like really good punchers who could actually win like um, Lippert and Flaughty Mackay. But then they've also got a massive GC interest with Anamique, so and Emma Norsgaard as well. And Emma Norsgaard, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> too many cooks. Yeah, I know, I know. It's the same with similar with FDJ as well. I guess they've got um, Cecile Uchib Ludwig, Evita Music, Marta Cavalli. All might be going quite well. That's like triple threat for GC. But also, mm. like, who do you go for? You know. Yeah, I, theirs isn't confirmed yet. Is it? Be honestly, be beware the provisional pro cycling start start list, because last <laughs> year it had Sam down for the Vuelta, 
Brits, <laughs> which he oh, really? definitely was not that's, racing. <laughs> that's what I've written my preview off. So sorry if it's all wrong. <laughs> no, I feel like at this point, like it's probably pretty legit. Like especially like FDJ, like I can imagine that is the actual lineup. Although again, classic FDJ with three leaders, like or three potential well, that's it. leaders. But mm, like I wonder with um Cecily, like, is she gonna go for the GC this year, or will she go for another stage win? Because, yeah, the they're really suited to her as well. Those um like hilly opening stages, and yeah, her stage win last year, to be fair, I, is like one of the most memorable moments for me of the race. Like, it was a really amazing win. That was also the Champagne Day, wasn't it? Is that the Champagne Day? Oh yeah, I think yes. it was. Yeah. There was a few champagne also days. Also the day, there was. We were in Champagne region, that's why. Um, yeah. I also remember her her crazy press conference where she kind of like was up on a stage and was basically performing for everyone with these amazingly like emotional answers. And I was just kind of gobsmacked watching her like, yeah, it's just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, she is a character. I think it's interesting. She's sort of similar to Kasia in this sense of like, she could really just reinvent herself as a stage hunter in, in races like this. And I actually like, to make a wider point, I actually think that riders like her, like, of course she probably does still have GC ambitions, but in the past, she would have been like the nailed on GC contender. But now that we're getting sort of more specialist climbers or more specialist riders that... Actually, it's just because they they used to be the consistent all-rounders. Whereas now when you've got stages like the Tourmalet and you've got things like that and you've got time trials to think of, there are actually more kind of, there's riders that invest more in being the proper GC contender. Um, Am I making any sense? Like, Yeah, yeah. It's just like why, like in a way, if you know Van Vluten and Vollering are going to be better than you on the Tourmalet, why don't you just go for stages? Like, what's the point, in a way, of like being a GC at this moment for her? What is the point of being a GC rider? Like, you're better off because you, probably, realistically, the best she can do is third place on the podium. And it's like, would you rather that than, um, you know, like a stage win? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think that stage win did a lot more for her sort of profile and just yeah for her in, in general than, you know, like a top 10 on GC. So, but then I guess that's not really, that's not the athlete mentality, is it? To sort of say, oh, well, you know, those two are definitely going to get first and second. So we're all just racing for third at mm. this point. It's It's like everybody wants to win even if it's not necessarily that realistic for anybody outside of them. But it's the tour yeah. is the tour, eh? anything can happen. Exactly, the tour is the tour. That quote, love it. I was thinking the other day and I was like, we should make a drinking game of those classic phrases. And every time someone says some, one of them in a mix zone or a press conference, we have oh to drink. God. So you tell water. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow's another tomorrow's another trance huh? or like the tour is longer say? yeah we take it day by day it's a hard race oh my gosh yeah <laughs> the drinking game at least we'll be if we could do the drinking game if we're in champagne town again not that i know where that is but i think we might be 
is it so potential dumb comment from me but obviously because we were in like sort of the north east were we last year sort of that kind of general direction and this time we're sort of in the middle and the south so maybe we're not in we're surely not in champagne region still that would be i don't know one thing i did see is when i was looking through you know like you can look at the historic like notes on each place on the website mm. and did you um, read them that's impressive from no i just like had a little flick through <laughs> like no there was literally a whole list of like people's names that were some i don't know dignitaries or whatever they were i was like this is who looks at this well me obviously but i was just looking for, <laughs> for anything interesting about these places and clermont Ferrand apparently is known for like jelly sweets like fruit pastel oh, jelly sweets so that's great that's potentially i don't know that might even swing me more than the champagne oh the first day vibes just first day. For the first you know, day. By the end, you want the champagne, needed. no? Yeah. Oh God, you need the champagne. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. The other, the other cool thing talking of um, like food sponsors, which I'm really hoping is the same for the women's. Is Orangina. That Orangina sponsored yes. the men's. So are we going to get? Are we, is it going to be that for <gasps> the women's as well? Because otherwise, I'm probably not going. Like, if it's not the same, because I love Orangina. It's like my favorite yes. drink. Oh, my dentist would be so upset but yes orangina's got bits in it so i'm like it's basically oh is it a bit healthier right probably better than coke zero which is my usual poison yeah gosh yeah coke zero is not the one no seen all about that that. haven't we i didn't i had no idea i thought it was oh really yeah i mean it's it's been declared like a an agenda like the world health organization or something <laughs> but i need you have like i think it's only if you have like 137 cans a day or something so don't worry. oh yeah no i'm definitely not i'm not i'm not going through that many i told the dentist like <laughs> two a week it's probably more like four but anyway no one cares about <laughs> my dentist I don't even know. well i didn't think it was because it's meant to be sugar-free and then mm. she was like no it, it even though it's sugar-free like it still can rot your teeth and i was like oh okay oh my god and it definitely Stop. stains them as well same for coffee oh. yeah we need to start drinking through a straw i don't want to be that apparently... that that guy you know i don't <laughs> i don't want to be the guy who sat there with my straw in my cozy <laughs> <laughs> oh god i've got anyway, some beautiful straws i might bring them anyway do it. yeah for the orangina stick them in the orangina proper. yeah so true one sip of orangina every Fine. time someone says the tour is the tour. <laughs> oh, mate, you'll be buzzing. You'll be hyper. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe lace it with gin or something. Or perhaps not because we have to drive. Yeah. Well, I'm not driving, so. Oh, yeah, you're not driving. I'll just be asleep. I'll be snoring in the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's quiet today. Oh, yeah, who who would do the the most classic interview? I reckon, love Marina Voss, but I reckon it would be her. Oh, Yeah. Oh, Lotte Capecchi is pretty. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, standard. Any any Dutch person or Belgian person, basically. Yeah, 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 basically. Van Vleuten. I mean, her her press conferences are often a little bit dry, like that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can say it. Can't wait. Re- really excited to go to the tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll be good. No, it will. It will. Do we have any other comments about, I mean, I guess we should talk about um, the more, like towards the end of the race, like obviously the tourmalet being the tourmalet. Obviously like it's amazing for the women to race up 
a classic Tour de France climb like the Tourmalet. At the same time, it's definitely going to neutralize the GC in the sense that I can imagine we're just going to see Van Vluten and Vollerin just like bugger off together or not together. And then it's just going to be just going to be minor places below. I don't know. Not to be a Debbie Downer. I think you're right, especially because it's coming at the end of what will be uh, like five really hard stages. It's going to be the riders who are like have better endurance, who are probably a bit older, a bit more experienced, who will still be feeling fresh-ish on that stage. At least it's right at the end. I mean, there's only then there's only a time trial the next day. Like if that was right at the start, then it would be would really neutralize the race. But we're gonna have like five days of action before that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know though. Like, will they drop everyone for sure? Because it's like if Rialini's there, Ash. If Ashley Mulman's going well, it might not be like just a two horse race. I'm not sure. You never know. No, that's so true. I mean, maybe I've just been burnt by um <laughs> by sort of believing in the past and then it just turns out that like anyone who reads the news that I will know that my predictions pre-Giro. I, I came out on the Wheel Talk podcast with my hot take, which was that Animique was not going to come back to how we've seen her. And she was basically done. And then she went and won the Giro by like, what, five minutes? So yeah. I am just going to declare myself crap at predictions and not even try. But yeah, I think I would love to see like a proper fight on the Tourmalet, even between, Mm -hmm. even if it is just following and Van Vluten, like if those two are close, like we've seen in the men's race, like how exciting it is when the GC is like that close and like you see them like battling up the climbs together. I'd love that for the women's race. Yeah, I think it's possible. I think the Giro as well, like, what does it really tell us? Because, yeah, Van Vluten did win by, like, four minutes, but SD work, Bollering wasn't there and, like, SD Works weren't necessarily there with, like, their strongest team for a stage race. So it doesn't give us that much of a gauge of how well Van Vluten's going in comparison to Vollering, cause who's, who's taken, like, such a different approach to the race by just training at altitude and stuff as opposed to going to the Giro. So it's quite it's quite cool in a way that it's similar to the men's in that we haven't seen them race each other that much in the lead up to the tour. Like I think it's quite exciting that like this is going to be the first time in a while we see them go head to head. Well, since the Vuelta that we've seen them go head to head. Um, so that'll be really what good happened there. <laughs> yeah, I can't <actually> remember. <laughs> we stop gate. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Yeah, we stop gate. Jesus, yeah. So following will have fire in her belly post we stop to try and <laughs> prove her back, prove um that she's better than family. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. It's difficult. It's difficult to know. But I, I do think it's gonna be them two, like at the four. But it might not just be them two. Who knows? I hope not. I hope that we actually see because obviously we've seen like huge strides in the depth of the women's peloton over the last few years like even from even last year kind of obviously uh Van Vluten did what she does but just behind her like it was actually a lot closer than I think a lot of us maybe expected it to be um so if it's everyone's kind of leveled up again that that's just going to be like even better to watch and yeah, like 
there's as long as the depth keeps increasing like it's going to make races like this even more exciting it's going to take time like I think if you compare it to like the men's race which obviously like I would never do but um people obviously would that it's gonna seem maybe not one note last year perhaps but like just not as kind of varied maybe um also because it's shorter um there's less opportunity you know I feel like when you have a longer race teams can allow like you know a domestique to just like go off in a break for a stage win whereas with eight days of racing every single stage matters so much that it's all really tightly controlled and kind of the GC riders have to be like switched on the entire time so yeah, I think it's always, like, it's easy to forget as well. Like, obviously, we wouldn't just compare it to the men's. But when you think about, like, how much of a younger sport it is than the men's race, it is just, it is going to be a completely different, like, set up a different, like, scenario in the peloton. Because, like, regard- we still have, like, teams there with riders who have, like, part-time jobs and stuff, like, or on the smallest teams. So there isn't going to be the same depth. Like, no, like, there's riders who still probably in the peloton like who aren't being paid like a living wage who are racing the Tour de France so it is going to take a couple more years to get more people who have like the income and the facilities to do like altitude training for weeks before the tour or the support to like know what nutrition you need to ride up the tourmalet and you know win a stage like that that like Vollering and Van Vluten have um yeah, I think I think that's going to come through in the time trial as well, which is why I'm not like a huge fan of having the time trial because I do think it really like will highlight the disparity between the smaller teams and the bigger teams in terms of equipment um, and things like that. I don't know really know what the solution is because I, I also understand that like the women's peloton should have time trials, but I just think yeah, that's another. It's going to be another example of how there is still a massive gap between the biggest teams and the smallest teams in the race yeah it's going to be a strain on like to have a full-time trial set up for every ride is definitely going to be a strain on the budget of some of those smaller like continental teams yeah even for them to like train for it because obviously like you know you'd expect that most of the world tour riders especially those that focus on either gc or time trialing would have a time trial back at home to train on whereas the, the women on the smaller teams probably don't have that if they even have a time trial bike at all so mm. yeah and the time trial as well like I think for me it feels like what they've tried to go for is the whole sort of oh if it's tight with the GC like the time trial might be the, the clincher but like it's not going to be is it like the tournament I reckon the tournament is no. going to decide it and then it's going to be like time trialists go for a stage win in the time trial and everyone else just rolls around and it's going to be similar to the Giro one, the men's Giro one, where like mm. anyone else who's not actually invested in either the GC or the stage result is just going to be like, hey, party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was another Which thing. Which is quite fun, actually. Like, yeah. It, I was also wondering like what will, I wonder how many of the sprinters will potentially like leave the race early because the final two stages are the tourmalet and then a time trial, like, I don't know if you're massively focusing on like the world's road race or something like mm. that. Do you think that anyone would potentially just like stop the race before then? I think like a couple of people did it last year, didn't they? I remember talking to like, Anna Henderson. She was a rider who left early. I think she was like done 
did her job for Voss and then went home. I just think, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. But also the fact the time trial's pan flat doesn't really lend itself to like the nail-biting GC closeness of time trials that have been really exciting in the past on like the men's side. It's going to favour the specialists, isn't it? Like Rusa. No, I'm yeah, you're right about riders leaving. I'm picturing, for example, Lotte Kopecky probably doing that because mm. she is focusing on both the road and the track at Wills, as far as I can as I, I'm aware. And yeah, what what business is she gonna have really with the Tourmalay and the time trial? She's probably just gonna be like, nah, I'm off to Glasgow, guys, bye. Which is quite yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, do, I guess it depends as well, like how how attached people are to being like I want to finish the tour because it's the tour but with Worlds like Worlds really kind of messes that dynamic a little bit actually yeah it's not like I don't know I guess it's kind of similar with the men's uh the, the men who ride the Tour de France have how long do they they've got two weeks until the world's okay so it's a bit longer yeah the women have one week of the women have two weeks as well they yeah that I think that's why the women's road race is the last event because so yeah so you you should still in theory have enough time to recover unless yeah. you wanted to do like a pecky go and do like specific track training then maybe that's would be a reason why you'd leave early but I, I remember speaking to Ali Wollaston she's not doing the tour for example because she's focusing on the track um at the world so like that has definitely been a factor in some riders decisions and yeah I'm not sure if they'll leave the tour early because of it but maybe yeah I think that's also been a factor in terms of who's raced who's raced the Giro instead of the tour as well so obviously Ali did and then mm. you've got like even riders like Shirin Van Anroy I think that was part of her um why she did the Giro instead of the Tour, even though mm. she's the defending white jersey winner. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, really. No. I. Yeah, I'm interested to see how exciting the time trial is because Demi, Vollering and Van Blusen are obviously quite... I would say they're quite evenly matched in time trials. I think... Um, Vollering beat Van Bluten in the Dutch Nationals by like 20 seconds which was like a similar distance and like a flat course so she kind of got the better of her there but then Van Bluten is Olympic champion uh, so it's like it's pretty evenly matched so if it is tight after the tourmalet maybe it will be a close finish I'm not sure It would have been so much more exciting if it was like a mountain time trial though actually Yeah I would like to see the bike changes and stuff at the bottom yeah that's a bit of me <laughs> tech journalist Rachel yeah oh god analyzing all the bike changes how long is it or a helmet change even like we saw in uh oh yeah yeah god the recipe for disaster isn't it exciting to watch though yeah yeah <laughs> but also mad if the tour is decided on by a helmet change you know by how quickly you can do up your helmet strap that's what decides like eight days of racing that would kind of drive yeah. me crazy the tour is the tour eh? and the tour is the tour there's always next year <laughs> there is would you like to see actually i was thinking about this one earlier because obviously next year 
the men aren't even going to the Champs-Élysées and the women haven't this time. Um, would you like to see the race go back to Paris, the women's race? Not desperately. Like, I've never really felt that whole, like, affinity to the tour, men's tour, even finishing in Paris. Like, I've always thought it's just a bit of a waste of time. Like, why do we know the winner of the race before the last stage? It's just all a bit like come on I'd, I'd rather like remember the tour for like the amazing GC battle it was and have that end to the race and like then have a weird processional day for like the GC riders and then one sprint at the end like I I don't know it doesn't it doesn't do it for me the Champs Elise so I'm not desperate for it to go back like and I'm quite excited for like neat I'm quite excited for it just to not be a thing next year just to see what it's see what it's like I'm not I'm not bothered about it what about you jail Sacrilege. <laughs> um, I, I, I am gonna have to disagree. I actually quite like the, although it's obviously like as a spectator, like from the spectator perspective, like perhaps not the most thrilling of stages, but I just quite like the kind of iconography of it and like the whole like everyone just has the little procession into the center and then. We all know I like sprinting, so like I don't know, maybe that's. I was going to say it's just because you're a, it's just because you're a stand for the sprints. You, <laughs> you're obsessed. I know. I just want to see more. No, I don't know. I just like. I think it's quite. Um, I'd like to see. I don't know. I'm quite interested to see how it pans out with the women's race being like entirely separate from the men's. Like I'm not. I think I'm. I expect it's still going to have a lot of attention, a lot of fans coming out because we saw that last year once it did separate. Um, but at the same time, I do think it's quite nice to have at least one point at which both races converge just because, mm. I don't know, I just think like, not not even necessarily just to pig- piggyback off the attention that the men's race has, but more just to sort of, it's such a massive circus, like the men's race is such a massive thing that like, it's just, I think it would be cool for the women's race to sort of have a taste of that at least once throughout the race I don't know at the same time I did hate how busy it was in Paris and I wanted to leave straight away (laughs) yeah I mean did you think that like in Paris the women got enough attention given the like the men's sprint was on the same day no yeah that's so true Um, I just felt like it was a bit of a like support act Mm. so that was what kind of puts me off it a little bit maybe what Maybe what it is is that I just need to like go and watch the men's Tour de France, and then maybe I was just happy to like be like, oh, I'm watching the Tour de France. <laughs> it's still like I get it. Like it is cool to be in Paris, and like it feels like you're really experiencing a moment. Um, but it's just like I don't think we need to like mimic everything the men's tour does in the women's tour. Like it's no. its own thing, and that, like maybe it can have its its own like build its own tradition of like where it finishes or something. I don't know why it has to be exactly the same as like the men or like anything to do with it really yeah that's true forget them we're doing our own thing <laughs> yeah exactly as long as they give us orangina that's all that matters oh yeah exactly that's all i care about really that's the only reason i'm going and all the the tap off the publicity caravan oh don't I had a suitcase full of tote bags and notepads and pens that I had got for free 
Oh yeah, yeah. The, the notepads and pens. They they loved a notepad and pen. Yeah, mm -hmm. and a booklet about the area, like from like the tourist board. I had like five of them from the different regions of France, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't really know what I'm going to do with these. You didn't sit and read them. <laughs> did no, you not? I didn't. You did you? You didn't. No. I just I did not see you open that booklet once. Yeah, I'm I'm working my way through them still. I'm on to um, <laughs> Epone now. No, is that was that, that was one? one. The stage that I can't even. Remember? Yeah, I, I thought it was remember. the champagne one. That's why I remember it. Oh yeah, the champagne. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, you know, so we can't be in Champagne region this year because that was no. miles away. Wishful no. thinking. No, no, maybe this, maybe wine, maybe a bit of something I don't know that is honestly that if we're going to talk about like consistency between the men's and women's race like the experience of a proper press room with actual things in it and actual like free freebies but also like internet and t and a tv with the race oh. on that's a novelty and that's exciting absolutely yeah, I've got a photo of me like in one of the press rooms last year having like mini macarons and a glass of champagne I was like, this is the dream. We're not used to this, you know? No. No, we're not. We're not. We're, that We think that's luxury. Like, the men, I'm sure at the men's race, they get, like, even more stuff and they get, like, proper bougie. Really? I think so, yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll just they, do they the had bananas. One day just to experience it. They had bananas in Paris and they didn't have bananas after that. Oh, did they? I can't, I can't remember that, to be honest. I, was... I remember just being in a state of constant hunger the whole time last year because I feel like we just never really got food apart from dinner I was just like quite hungry like all the time well prepare with snacks then this time maybe maybe yeah. I'll maybe I I'll fill up my boot of my car with snacks and uh yeah I'm flying so I can't even like bring that much I'll be the snack I'll be the snack yeah. lady that's probably why the champagne you. went straight to my head last year. I was <laughs> drinking on an empty stomach. <laughs> well, that's all right, isn't it, though? That's quite fun. If I anyway, if you try and, like, write an article, and then it's not fun. The hotter my... takes were probably champagne-infused. In well, who knows what they'll be infused by this year. Jelly sweets, apparently, so we'll see. <laughs> An orangina, yeah. we hope. Um, I feel like we've deteriorated into <laughs> into who knows what at this stage of the podcast, yeah. but um, we've covered we've covered most of it. I think I don't think there's much more to say. We just need to get to Clermont Ferrand and see what's what. Yeah, I thought you were going to do a prediction though, since you're so good at them. I was kind of like I was kind um... of waiting on that. You're not coming on this podcast again if you do that. <laughs> um, oh, man. I reckon... Should I, should I go for obvious or should I do, like... Should I just be classic me and do a stupid mm. hot take? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't just do GC. Should we do, like, a... Mm. Like, one... So and like so to win a stage. And a stage. Yeah. So, okay. That's a bit easier. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at the start list and it's like half empty, which is really doing my head in. But um makes it even more difficult. Well, I, I already did my prediction. I reckon at least Chavez to win a stage. And it's got it's quite a bit demi for G for GC. 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with the safe, safe option. Or is it the safe option? I don't know. Oh, it's difficult. I'm just going to like, just say something a bit more entertaining. I'm going to go, I'm going to back <laughs> my girl, Ash. I'm going to back my girl, Ashley Mullman for the GC. The Dark Horse. Okay. Stage winner. Stage winner. That's, I don't know. I think stage who? No, I was going to say it's got to be someone like a bit left of field. Like you can't be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was going to say Weavis, but I feel like you're, yeah, you're you're not going to allow that. Um, Oh, God, this is difficult. I would say, I don't know, can I say Rihanna Marcus stage win in the time trial? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's a, that's a, It's not quite a hot take. It's it's a mild take, I would say. I think two mild takes from me there. That's all right. We'll take those. Mine, mine were extra mild because I'm I've been stung in the past. Yeah, (laughs) traumatized. Honestly, I don't know what I was up to with the Giro. I even said I thought that Shirin Van Amroy was going to be up there on GC, and then what happened to that? So, in fairness to me, I think that the as is often the case with the Giro, the stage like profiles did belie the actual leading. Yeah. Yeah. But also I'm oh, just quite put yourself out there. Yeah. Thanks for Take Rachel. the risk or lose the chance. <laughs> is that another one? Do we drink to that? Oh uh, yeah, drink to that. <laughs> we should do a bingo card. Maybe I'll do a bingo card. <laughs> yeah. And we just sit yeah. in the press conferences, just like laughing. And we're taking yeah, the they'll be card. looking at us like, who are these two swigging their drinks every time I say <laughs> something? <laughs> oh, God. We have to stand up and shout full house to get it all. Like actual bingo. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Anyway, oh, promise we're actually really professional and we will be bringing lots of very good content from the tour. We'll just... We're going to have fun at the same time because why not? Exactly. Basically. I reckon that's it. Are we done? Is that the end of the podcast? I think, yeah, I think we've covered all bases there, I'd say. Yep. We've covered everything from the tourmalade to sprints to jelly sweets. We've got it all. (laughs) Orangina. Yeah, I reckon that's it. So if you want to follow our work at the tour which will may or may not be powered by alcohol um then head over to ruler.cc is it for you yeah for rachel and you know who knows maybe i'll pop up there as well and women's cycling weekly on substack you know where to find me and that's it see you in see in france guys thanks for joining me rachel as always a pleasure having me and yeah bye